Good morning. Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. We're glad that you're here to join us as we worship God by offering our prayers and singing songs and listening to scripture. Please come in with us that we may worship God together. first lesson comes from the prophet Micah in chapter 6, beginning with the first verse. Listen now to the Word of God. Hear what the Lord says, rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with His people, and He will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you, and what have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, and I sent before you Moses and Aaron and Miriam. O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him. And what happened from Shittim to Kilkal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord? With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew It is the beginning of that section known as the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus gathers and begins to teach. Let us listen that we may hear what God says to us. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and he taught to them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord. What does the Lord require 
It is that question from Micah. The answer is famous. It is often quoted. Jones uses it frequently in giving a benediction. What does the Lord require but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? True religion is really that simple, the answer comes. It is straightforward about transformation and about relationship. Micah was a prophet during the old time of um, Isaiah in the Old Testament. He's called a minor prophet, not because he spoke in a minor way, but because the book is only eight chapters long. You look at Isaiah and Jeremiah, and you go a lot longer than that. So they're the major prophets. Micah's the minor prophet, along with Amos and the others. Micah's word, as you read it, is pretty much hellfire and damnation. But then in chapter 6, there is this turn. There is something else that is happening. Chapter 6 gives us words not about what is wrong, but about a yearning for something that is different. Our life of faith is about making a difference where we are. The theme of the 2017 stewardship season is make a difference here. You and I make a difference where we are. Each Sunday we gather and we have listened to Scripture and I have shared a sermon on various kinds of differences. The difference that showing up makes. Jesus showed up at the wedding in Cana and turned water into wine. The difference that taking a stand makes. Jesus went to the temple and He saw all the uh, animals being offered for sacrifice and the money changers there, and he said, wait, there's something wrong here. This isn't exactly what it's about. This isn't quite right. And Jesus made a difference. The difference being asked, Meg, Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, the shores there, and he saw Andrew and Peter, James and John, and he invited them to come with him, to follow with him, to be with him. That makes a difference. Today, I want us to think about the difference you make. If you do a Google search on that phrase, the difference you make, you come up with a variety of very interesting possibilities. There are motivational books that are written by sports figures. There's material from the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. They have a whole program about making a difference. There are a number of colleges and universities that call one of their programs for student engagement making a difference. And it helps, it is aimed at trying to assist students move from their engagement in the student, in the university community, college community, into the world. There are various nonprofits that are focused on making a difference, trying to engage people so that pe their partners and their participants know what they are doing and why they are doing it. There are lots of different ways to throw those words together. Make difference you. You make a difference. The difference you make, making the difference. The emphasis can fall on any one of those uh, words. However, all of that is not does not come to its fulfillment unless you add a time frame 
and unless you add yourself into that, make a difference here. Where you are, where you are, makes a difference. There's an old saying, bloom where you're planted. Find ways to use the resources you have where you are, the assets you have in your own time to create options and possibilities. I want to invite you today to make a difference for Jesus Christ through First Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Georgia. How do you do that? Well, you show up just like Jesus did. You've already done that. You're here in worship, and that is a very important part of making that difference. We also make a difference by attending functions, by attending classes and groups and gatherings that are, that are there. We volunteer in different forms and missions and activities and, as, and to do things that make a difference. But making a difference could also be coming up with a different idea, finding a way to share something that isn't there. Right now, I am convinced there are people out there among us, among you, who have ideas about other things that we can add to what we are doing. When I was pastor in a church in the Atlanta area, a man came to me. He was a retired um, news writer for one of for several uh, radio and television uh, organizations and stations and networks in the Atlanta area. And he was a writer, and he wanted to do something where he used his gift of writing. And he he said, Joel, we have a number of people in the church who write in some ways. Can we write prayers? that could be used in worship or in some other place. Maybe put them in the bulletin or in the newsletter or send them out in our weekly information. And so we talked, and it turned out that not only were there writers, people who actually wrote things down, journals in their own way, but there were professional people who wrote as well. A woman who, whose day job was serving as a headhunter for a, for a company in, in a, a technical industry, had in fact received a Master's of Fine Arts in Creative Writing, and she became the, the coach, the mentor, the, the sponsor for this group. And they would gather every week or so, and they would share their writing samples together. It was quite exciting. But it came about because somebody wanted to make a difference, and somebody wanted to show up, and he did. We make a difference when we take a stand. We take a stand for what we understand God is calling us to do individually or as a congregation or in connection with other people. We live in contentious times. There is no doubt about it. Even sometimes innocent-sounding comments take on unintended consequences. Friends have different ideas about the words that we use, and pretty soon we can find ourselves in a place of conflict. I think there is a way of being clear and taking a stand that not only is important, but acknowledges that there will be disagreements and even conflict. Sometimes conflict allows us to understand what we think is most important. 
When I was in, when Vicki and I were in graduate school at Auburn, we attended First Presbyterian Church. And during that time, there was a large push um, to resettle Southeast Asian refugees. And the church signed on, and we volunteered with that. That experience of working with that refugee resettlement family changed my life. It really did. It was, I guess you could say, my first adult experience in doing ministry and mission in the church. And even though I had only been, I've been involved with another project, I know that the process of resettlement of refugees is something that changes people. It changes the families and the individuals who come here. It also changes the communities that do that work. And that work changed me. There's been a lot of news about refugees over the last week or so, and it's gotten a lot of attention in the last several days especially. The other day, there was a statement um, or a news account that was posted out there in the, in the world. Several faith leaders, including several Presbyterian uh, leaders, were addressing the situation on refugee resettlement and made a statement about it. I reposted that on my Facebook page. I don't attempt to be confrontational or, or provocative in what I put out there, but I thought it was because of my experience with refugee resettlement myself, I prefaced the post with that event. The work of refugee resettlement is, I believe, something that, that, that is rooted, has a very deep uh, religious and spiritual and Christian roots. Even the passage from Micah spoke about the children of Israel being led by God out of Egypt. Jesus says in uh, Matthew 25 that those who welcome those who are, um, who are without, a without a home, welcome the stranger, are the ones that he knows and calls upon. So this is important stuff, I think, for us to be engaged in and to think about. However, after I made that post, I got some pushback in ways that I really didn't expect. A friend, a real friend, a fraternity brother from college from years ago, responded in a pretty negative way. I have to admit my own inclination is to want to try to make peace, and that is an important thing to do. I also think it's important to say where we find our strength and where we find our ideas, how we understand God to be at work in the world. And to be honest with you, I think what I posted was entirely appropriate and does speak to that. Not everybody has to do it. We don't all have to go out and do that. But other Christian brothers and sisters are engaged in that work. I wasn't asking my fraternity brother to say that I was right and that he was wrong. I am saying that as we 
make our way forward, I understand God to be at work in faith communities, welcoming strangers. Lord, have mercy. We have to find our way forward. We make a stand to make a difference the best way we can as individuals and as a community. It makes a difference to be asked. When we are asked, we are invited to come and to be part of something, but it also makes a difference once we have been asked to then ask others to engage. To ask, to be asked, and to ask others involves risk. We may not get the response we want, or it may be what we want, but we don't know exactly what to do with it. I've seen a number of churches that have sent out very elaborate questionnaires asking people, what do you want to do in the church? And it gives you all sorts of options. Most of the time, not always, but, but very often, that information gets lost somewhere in the translation. And so people have responded and say, I want to do X, Y, or Z, but nobody asks. But I'm here to tell you that you do make a difference. You make a difference here. It's important for you to be involved. And part of that difference is my asking you, but, but also your engagement in that. In this community, we make a difference as children are baptized and then brought up in the faith. We make a difference as ministries throughout our community are supported and engaged through our financial support, but also, very importantly, through our people support. We make a difference that goes even to the ends of the earth. You heard just a minute ago about the global mission conference, the work week that's coming up, the emphasis we have. You will hear testimony of work that is being done in Syria and Cuba to the ends of the earth. We make a difference here in Columbus. We make a difference in southwest Georgia with our brothers and sisters in Albany and, South, and through Flint River Presbytery who have suffered tornado damage. We make a difference in all the places that we are connected to. We make a difference in so many ways. We share our time. We share our energy. We share our building and our expertise. All of this requires sharing financially so that the ministry of Jesus Christ is done here. The building and the staff do not exist as some form of jobs programs. We exist to make a difference for the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ for this congregation and through this congregation for the world. Through sharing our resources together, we make things happen for God in this world together. We look to Scripture to be a witness of God's Word made flesh. Matthew got, Matthew's Gospel shares this in the wonderful words of the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes are, per, are pearls of wisdom that have been handed down throughout the generations. They are inspirational and they are aspirational. They inspire us, and they also call us. They are there to draw us out. But sometimes we wonder 
what does all this mean? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Recently I came across a different way of saying this. James Merrill took this and he inverted the actions. And he came, put it this way, the way to heaven is through poverty. The way to consolation is through genuine sorrow. The way to earthly possessions is through a gentle spirit that is neither stingy nor possessive. The way to satisfaction is through hungering and thirsting for justice. The way to God is through the open, unobstructed, pure heart. The way to a full relationship with God is through the active practice of peace. The way to God's realm or kingdom is through the struggle for right that leads through conflict, pain, and even death itself. These describe how we can make a difference here in Columbus and through our connections to the rest of the world. But that difference doesn't happen unless you show up, unless you find your place to stand, unless you are invited, and in turn you invite others to participate in this community and in this work. As part of worship today, you will be asked to make a difference here through First Presbyterian Church in Columbus. And by making a difference here, you make a difference in our region, in our state, in our nation, and in the world. Your responses determine how we are able to share the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ in this place and elsewhere. Thanks be to God. Amen. It's been a privilege to join you this day in worship. We're glad that you were here. First Presbyterian Church seeks to serve and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor. Go in peace as you love and serve God.